1: It's the full go presented by FanDuel. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit the slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select States gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG.
0: This episode is brought to you by empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and empower what's next. Start today at empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.
1: talking
4: about about. what up world you're listening to the full goal with jason golf presented by the ringer a spotify original
2: yeah
1: Welcome into episode 151 of the Full Go Podcast. I am Jason Goff here on this lovely Thursday evening. Got a chance to uh, watch some Thursday night football. And all of this really, like, as Bears fans now, all we're really doing when we watch these other games is holding up Justin Fields to whatever quarterback that we're watching. At least I know I'm doing that. And tonight, got a chance to watch Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes get it on. And hopefully Justin Fields becomes... One of those two guys and the one that we really want him to become is Patrick Mahomes. But if he becomes Justin Herbert, ain't nobody mad at that, right? Um, both those quarterbacks have been put in terrific situations, They got drafted into good situations and their talent turned them into better situations. One quarterback has a defensive head coach. One quarterback has an offensive head coach. We'll see what Brandon Staley does or if he's allowed to be (laughs) Justin Herbert's head coach after this year because obviously the expectations have been turned up a notch. They got an all pro at every level of the defense. Even without Keenan Allen out there, they've got receivers. You know, Jared Everett is running around out there. Mike Williams went out there and big boy the entire Kansas City Chief secondary throughout the game it's, its fun to watch a young quarterback have a, a target that he can trust. That anywhere he throws it around him, that catch radius is going to pop up. It's fun to see that. It's fun to Must see. Be nice yeah it's fun to see a quarterback have those kind of disposable what Austin Eckler out here like hey man no matter what I'm going to get you 15 touchdowns some way somehow you know it's fun to see that It's fun to see that It's fun to see a quarterback with a left tackle who's an all pro what in his second year third year Rashad Slater kid out of Northwestern shout out to Evanston it's fun to see those things right and of course and we talk about Patty Mahomes I mean that's MJ and Cleats like the shitty he's doing out there like we slow it down just so we can laugh at it but he's laughing at it during the game, like the, the the no look throws, the the look away throws, he was good enough tonight. Um, and this whole Tyreek Hill thing, I think I think we're seeing Patrick Mahomes take it pretty personally. Like, oh y'all thought y'all thought MJ couldn't play without Pippin. Watch this, the man threw to eight different receivers tonight. Uh, he made everyone a target, every, everyone a weapon. So as a Bears fan, I watch these games one because we got the Ringer NFL Show on Tuesdays with me and Austin Gale, where we go down all of your power rankings and list it up with you and then talk about the quarterbacks in the last part of the pod with Steven Ruiz. Make sure you check that out, always in the uh, Ringer Network of Podcasts. But, I was watching this game tonight, and I'm thinking to myself, the, the more the game carried on, the more the spirit of the late, great Doug Buffon started to enter my body, Tony Gill, what time is it right now as we're recording? It is 11.33 p.m. Central Standard Time on Thursday evening. So it'll be Friday morning by the time this joint comes out on your head top. Bears going to beat the Packers. The Chicago Bears are going to beat the Green Bay Packers. And the ifs are very, very important. Now, I know what's what's the line? What what are we looking at here on FanDuel Sportsbook? We got a a 10-point line. Ten and a half here. Let me, let, me, let me open up my FanDuel Sportsbook app right here. It's so easy to open up, too, by the way. This isn't a commercial because, let's face it, we don't need to do commercials for the greatest sportsbook app in the world. Okay? It sells itself, right? So all I got to do is hit this login button. Bang. guess my face. I throw in my code right there to verify my login. All right? We get past these terms of use. I did this already. Y'all know why I'm here. All right? We go right to the NFL site. There it is. Bang. Bears. Ah, there we go. Bears, Packers. Bears are plus nine and a half. Hey, man, I'm telling you now. I like it. I like it. I'm, I don't only like it. I am pounding that nine and a half. Do you see what the hell is happening on the Green Bay Packers offensive line? Like all this attention that's being paid to who is he going to throw to? Is Sammy Watkins? Is Alan Lazard going to be back? Randall Cobb, he's 75 years old. Christian Watson dropped a short touchdown. Is is that going to linger on his head for the rest of the time or, or for the short period of time that the opening of the season gives you? Is, is Aaron Rodgers going to to trust these dudes? No, 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 no. I'm not worried about none of that. You know why? Because David Bakhtiari is not practicing. you <laughs> right? Elton Jenkins doesn't look good. Doesn't look good injury-wise. So you're starting ta- two tackles. They either might be out or will be hindered while playing. And then to me, what you really have to take a look at is is how poorly Jake Hansen played on that offensive line last week and how this guard, this, this fourth-round pick, Zach Tom, is going to be getting some, some snaps no matter what, whether they kick him out or they kick out uh, John Runyon or, 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 or Royce Newman to one of these tackle spots. They're going to be ha- – like the same reason I thought the Bears would stay close – stay close. I didn't say they would beat the 49ers. But the reason I thought they would stay close is because I thought Robert Quinn, Travis Gibson, and now we got to throw Dominique Robinson in the mix. I thought those dudes would be able to get some pressure on a young quarterback. I thought that they would be able to get to Trey Lance enough, touch him up enough, make him feel uncomfortable enough so that those feet are moving a little bit, those feet move. Next thing you know, Eddie Jackson has a pick. I think the same thing could happen with this Green Bay Packers team. I think their offensive line is in enough disarray that from what I saw from Allen Williams and him not having to blitz a whole bunch and not wanting to blitz a whole bunch, which means I got to have four on the floor that can get to you. And I got to have a rotation of fresh defenders. I watched Khalil Mack out there today. And I was like, oh, look at that. I remember when. Huh? We all remember that Sunday night game, right? The, the, the introduction to the Khalil Mack Chicago Bears era, Matt Nagy era against these Green Bay Packers. You, I have never felt in my life, more like a win happened during a loss, right? I, 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 I pulled over. You know, was, was hanging out at the time, vibing, pulled over, was hanging out with somebody. I was like, hey, let's pull over to this little hookah lounge and watch this Sunday night game. It's the beginning of the Bears season, Khalil Mack era. You know, you cool and all, but I got to catch this game, right? So let's make it kind of a, you know, hey, you're out, but I'm doing my job kind of vibe. And I sat there, and I watched Khalil Mack terrorize Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, and the Bears lost. I'm not one of these dudes who thinks, yeah, you beat the – Packers twice and you lose and and, and you can lose the fifteen games and everything is cool. No no no, we don't roll like that. You beat the Packers twice and you beat everybody else. But in this last, I don't know how long of my life, you know, Aaron Rodgers talks that shit for a reason. He talks it for a reason because he could back it up. He's he's got the wins to back it up. I think this team is gettable. Now you might say to yourself, Jason, what are you smoking? This ain't gonna be, and I'll tell you. But what are you smoking? This ain't gonna be. <laughs> this ain't gonna be uh, a monsoon. This ain't gonna be a tsunami at Soldier Field. This is Sunday night football. This is Aaron Rodgers. This is prime time television. We know how the Bears perform on these nights, on these days, on these nights in front of these audiences. I know. I know that Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary are going to get to Justin Fields. I know that that pocket is not going to be clean. I did not think that Braxton Jones had as good of a game as other people in this city might have thought. I went back and watched the game a second time. The second time I thought, you're going to need some help over there. Cole Komet is going to have to stay in on more routes than you'd like him to stay. David Montgomery and, and of course, Khalil Herbert are going to have to chip and help out over there a little bit. You, you're not – when you can't block it, you can't get the exotic routes, right? You can't get the slanting goes. You can't get the routes that develop down the field. You can't get the, you know, the, the double moves. You can't do some of the stuff that Luke gets. He probably wants to get done when he can take a shot or two. But what Justin Fields is going to have to do is, hey, man, if Darnell Mooney is open for six – Got to hit him for six. If Cole Komet has got a little five, six yard, seven yard hitch in him, got to hit him there. Justin Fields got to take the cheese and make this a boring game for the Bears to win this one. And of course, the shots will be there and they better be there. And the reason why I said Darnell Mooney's name first, because you can't have another game where Darnell Mooney has three targets and one catch. Can't happen. Can't happen. Like, we can talk about what that game against the 49ers wasn't in terms of the ideal conditions and you throw it out. It's hard to evaluate anything. Nah, not for me. Everybody, every wide receiver on that field was playing on the same turf. For me, for me, Debo Samuel obviously was the best wide receiver on that field. Darnell Mooney was the second best. I needed to see the same plays that Dante Pettis made in the scramble drill or the, the play that Equinemius St. Brown made in the corner route to the end zone when Luke Getzi drew it up where there were two people running wide open available for touchdown catches. I need to see those plays now made by Darnell Mooney. And, of course, we're going to see it throughout the season, but there's no time like this one. You're going to have Jair Alexander who was talking king shit after that first game. Like, hey, that wouldn't have happened if I would have been on my man over there. Wouldn't have happened. Okay. Justin Jefferson would have got locked down if I would have been on him. Well, guess who he's got his eye on now? Darnell Mooney. And that that Packers secondary is not only um, a veteran group, but it's a damn good group. So some of the stuff that Justin Fields may have gotten away with, well, let's face it, you know, Hafanga had a terrific game. So Huanga, I'm sorry, had a terrific game, had an interception. Uh, was out there looking like Ed Reed. You cannot allow the guys in that secondary to make the plays that I think they can make. So it's going to have to be a boring one, right? And I think that's the way that this Bears team is going to have to win for a little bit. Yeah, we're going to get the eye-popping plays out of Justin Fields. You're going to get those once or twice a game. But for the most part, if Justin Fields goes out there and has a 22 for 31 kind of game for 215 yards and and a touchdown or two touchdowns and no turnovers, the Bears win this football game. I do not think that that line, that the Packers are rolling with right now, I think that's a bigger problem than the wide receiver issue. Wide receiver issue, obviously, you can point out when guys drop balls. Or you can say, oh, nobody's getting open because look at how poorly Aaron Rodgers is playing. But the real reason why Aaron Rodgers might be pressing a little bit, and we all know this, that Aaron Rodgers does not like to get shaky with the football. Aaron Rodgers would rather throw that thing away or throw it in the ground than get an interception, which is the thing that bites him in the ass in the playoffs where you have to take chances to to advance. You know, you go back, you go out and look at that playoff record, and then you also look at that playoff touchdown to interception ratio. It's a different quarterback out there, right? It's a little different when you're not, you know, you're not hitting fir- ones and twos, right? To use a baseball analogy. You go throughout the regular season. I remember Alfonso Soriano used to kill fours and fives. You get into the playoffs where all you're going to see is ones and twos. Shit's a little bit different. Aaron Rodgers has succumbed to that, I think, in the last couple of playoffs. This ain't no playoff game, but if you. Slow this thing on down. You make the—I mean—the stage is big. The stage is set, right? Young quarterback against against the vet, the teacher, the master, right? And of course, the Bears-Packers thing is built in. There are going to be a lot of eyes. No matter whether the Bears are good or bad, there's a lot of eyes on Bears-Packers. This game, to me, has all the makings of the Bears upsetting this team because of what they can do on the line of scrimmage. I think Dominique Robinson is going to be a really good player if they use him in spurts, in spots, right? I don't think, think Dominique Robinson is ready to be anybody's three-down defensive end, right? You're still putting all weight. You're still learning the position. But the same way Mark Anderson, what, a decade ago came in this bitch and, and got, what, 10 sacks 11 sacks to, to, to set the rookie uh, sack record, Dominique Robinson, I think, can have a similar type of season if he's used correctly. And Travis Gibson, I thought, had a damn good game last week as well. I mean, the guys who were drafted and already in place to kind of offset the loss of Khalil Mack, it's time to shine right now. And if you've got – Two tackles who have had limited to no participation in practice. And if both those guys go, which I don't think Bakhtiar is going to go, but if one of those guys go, at least one of them is going to be banged up. you got to take advantage of them. And if they're shifting guys around, kicking them from right guard out to left tackle because they have to figure out what's going on out there, if, if, if Zach Tom, as a rookie, a fourth-round rookie, is going to play the way he played in the first week, so much so that he's going to unseat a, a veteran player, Right? Like, these, if John Runyon is coming back off an injury, like, these are the things where it's a simple game. If you can block it, you can score. If you can't block it, you can't run it. AJ uh, – uh, by the way, paging all linebackers, and I'm talking to 58 on this one. Hey, this is the Roquan Smith game. All that shit that was popped in the offseason, all the all – the, all the things that were said during the preseason, hell, what was said during that Seattle game in the preseason where Ryan Poles pretty much did the halftime interview and, and 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 high-stepped his ass all the way in the end zone like, yeah, I did what I had to do. And you see 58 out here playing, don't you? Well, guess what, 58? Here we go. A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones,
4: that is your assignment. I was just about go to say to- that, Jay. I was, that, was, that, yeah, was, that was my watch right there was Roquan. Like, there – Aaron Rodgers just doesn't trust any of those receivers right now, so he's nope. going to give it to his best offensive players, which so happens to be both of his running backs. So yep. I'm watching Roquan and those linebackers, and I'm like, all right, bet the defensive line—they're going to have to do what they're going to they gonna do. You know, when when they do go into pass pro, but they're going to get a large dose of Aaron Jones and uh, uh, AJ Dillon, Dillon. Yeah. Uh, going into this game because they they made it a point. It all—I've been listening to what they've been saying over there in Green Bay. Aaron Jones didn't have – I think he barely had 10 touches. I don't think he had 10 yeah. touches.
1: So he's going to get the criminal. ball this game. Ooh. He's going to get the ball this game. Yeah, a lot of, lot of check downs, a lot of swing passes, a lot of wheel routes. If Roquan Smith is one of the best 10 stack linebackers in the game, which I think he is, then we're going to see it. They're going to be put to the test. Some people don't think Roquan played well in the San Francisco 49ers game. I think he did. You know, I don't think he played his best, but I think he played okay. This is the game with Roquan Smith. And, and Shine, on a national stage, you get a win forcing the Bears to 2-0 and with a defensive effort, and you go out there and ball out on Sunday night football? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Write that check. Whatever check you need, whether it's going to be franchise tagged or, or you become a free agent and go figure out the rest of your football life, write that check. These are the stage games. This is the, what happened in game one. Infuse this team with some belief and infuse, let's face it, the city with more belief than you thought you would have on a Thursday after week one. Right. Double down on it now. If 58 is out there doing what I think he should do and can do in this defense, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is the game to do it. This is the. uh, It's Roquan Smith against A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. They're going to touch the ball, like you mentioned. And those are the guys, like you mentioned, that Aaron Rodgers trusts right now. So if Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon go off, you know, combine 170 yards, 150 yards, and get two or three touchdowns, then. You know exactly who you got to look at. Right. It's a results based business. And if you if you are the player that everybody thinks that you are in this city, then it's time to show and prove. And and I think he'll be up to the task. But just taking a look at it, if Justin Fields isn't put in a position because that first half game plan where you're like, hey, wait a minute. Did Nagy leave his old playbook? Like what the fuck's going on over here? Right. Like all of a sudden the launch, the launch platform gets to move around a little bit. You get him out on the perimeter. You get him attacking some of these edges, making some of these perimeter players, some of the slot corners, some of these linebackers, some of these boundary corners actually respect the run. Right. Go ahead and go and get stay, stay in man on Justin Fields and see if he won't carve you up for six or seven rushes for, for 60 yards, 70 yards and a few first downs, something like that. Or go in zone. And see if Justin Fields is patient enough to beat you down the field. And I think that's what's going to happen. I, I, hey, there are 3-4 defense. They've got Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary because Z'Darrius is in Minnesota wreaking havoc. Actually, Z'Darrius is one of the reasons why Jake Hansen is going to sit his ass on the bench this week. Why Zach Tom is going to get more play in, in the interior of the offensive line as a rookie. So if Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary are up to the task, and, 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 and Tevin Jenkins and, and Larry Borm and, and Braxton Jones and Cody White here and the likes and Lucas Patrick can, can hold up their end of the bargain, I think the Bears can win this football game. I'm going to be picking the Bears to win this game. And it's, it's not about Chicago bias. It's about taking a look at what this Packers team isn't. We talked about the 49ers situation. It's the best time to catch them, right? It's the only. It's the healthiest you're going to be, right? It's the, it's the first, first game of the season that Trey Lance is ever going to start. Like all those butterflies they have. Take advantage of the situations that you have set before you. Now week two. Like that's why when we do the whole win loss win loss thing when, we, when the schedule comes out, it's fun, right? It's good fodder. It's, it's sports talk. You know, we, we get to mess around a little bit. But week to week, these situations change. And I don't know, I don't know of a better situation to face the Green Bay Packers in than Aaron Rodgers not being able to trust his perimeter options and the the offensive line being banged up. Right? You can you can play to twenty three. If we're talking first team to twenty three wins with that situation, I, hey, I'll, I'll take my, I'll take my chances. But it has to be perfect. They have to play within themselves and also not give up the football. The Bears cannot turn over the ball, and I'm talking about zero times if they want to win this game. Now that's a lot to ask, but guess what? We're in the lot to ask business when it comes to Justin Fields now. Because before you know it, you're going to have to, the referendum on is he a good quarterback or not is going to go out the window and it's going to be do you pay him or not? These are the kind of games that they refer to when it's time to talk about paying somebody franchise money. If Justin Fields goes out here, I'm not talking about, you ain't got to be Warren Moon out here. You we don't need 450 yards and four touchdowns. That'll come down the road, hopefully. But in this game, what this game will call for, because they're going to be sitting on stuff and they're going to be playing zone on you. So you got you to gotta carve their ass up. You have to show them that you are not only the guy who can extend the play and execute when all, everything goes to hell. You got to show them that when that back, fat, that back foot drops on the three-step drop back or when that back foot drops after the play-action fake, when that head and shoulders get turned around and you're ready to deliver the ball, that, that, that bitch is out. That's that's the next step. Like, if we're on a week-to-week grading system when it comes to Justin Fields, that's what needs to happen going forward. And until those things happen for two or three weeks straight, then we can get to the wild and out. Like, okay, Justin isn't taking enough deep looks down the field or this isn't happening or guys are dropping footballs or or they're not getting the right blocking, right? And also – David Montgomery. I'm looking at David Montgomery. The way Khalil Herbert ran the football, if I'm in any running back room with Khalil Herbert and I'm David Montgomery, I'm saying to myself, I'm better than that dude. And I'm going to show everybody this week. Now, if he's acclimating or getting used to the offense, that's fine. But you're doing it on game time, though. (laughs) This ain't preseason anymore. This is big boy business. The Bears have quite the opportunity ahead of them. They do. Because if the Bears go 2-0, they're going 3-0. They're beating the Houston Texans. That's happening. Unless there is some catastrophic Sunday night injury plagues event where you get six Bears taken off on the cart, the Bears are beaten the Houston Texans. And who would have thought, who would have thought three weeks into the season we'd be talking about a 2-1, maybe 3-0 Bears team. But mark my words, this Bears-Packers thing is going to stay close. And if it stays close – with the pass rushers that I think this team is not only developing, but does have on it like Robert Quinn didn't go off in the San Francisco 49ers game. I'm expecting Robert Quinn to eat. You can't just shade everything to one side when both tackles are either hurt or out. (laughs) You have a lot of people in and max protect situations. I'm looking for turnovers I'm looking for Roquan Smith to do what he has to do against those two running backs. I'm looking for Darnell Mooney to to be the Darnell Mooney that he was last year because last week didn't cut it. I don't give a damn how much attention they're giving to you. You the number one until you ain't the number one. Got to get open. Justin Fields has to find you. Y'all got to get on the same page. Y'all froze out Allen Robinson last year. All right? Get back to pretend Byron Pringle is Allen Robinson. Okay? Like, free somebody else out, but get y'all ass on the same page. And for God's sakes, Justin Fields, the the moment is here. The time is now. This will be – This will be. you talk about an iconic picture that was taken after week one. Jumping into the, the puddle and coming up with the, the flex pose. Like, that's everybody's screensaver around the city this week. You Got a chance to put some more screensavers in the, in the deck. Got a chance to put some more iconic moments in the file folder. And I think this can be one. I got the Bears beating the, the Green Bay Packers on Sunday Night Football.
4: Time for some commercials.
2: This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games – It's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Hey, this is Lance Briggs. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Garth.
1: So I, you know, watched the Thursday Night Football extravaganza, right? First of all, first of all, I don't know sometimes what people go through when they tweet something. But when I tweet something, you know, I, I'm just doing it for those who follow me, you know, the people who like to hang out and have a while out time with me. You know, every once in a while I drop a little, a little something something on your tweet head. But tonight, apparently, <laughs> I riled up the universe by saying that the tomahawk chop and the end racism hashtag in the, in the end zone is hilarious. Because it, it is. You've got 70,000 people in a stadium doing the, oh, you know, in a tomahawk shot looking crazy. Wow, you've got all these crazy decals on people's helmets. And, you know, it's just, it's hilarious to me. So that happened. And then, oh, my God, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I got told I was virtue signaling by a bunch of 22-year-olds. <laughs> I had people with Jesus avatars getting mad at me and, 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 and saying that I was being hashtag woke. Like, hey, man, I don't speak this nerd language that y'all speak, bro. Like, I know everybody likes to run to their like little politically filled agenda corners and then come out with their hands up. That's not me. When I see foolish shit, I'm going to say it's foolish shit, no matter who you are. So so the fact that me making light of the of the Tomahawk Chop when half the or more than like the introduction to tonight's game for Amazon Prime and Thursday night Football with 70,000 Chiefs fans doing the tomahawk <laughs> chop. And then and he then goes pan out and show me in racism on people's helmets and shit. What the fuck are we talking about? That's not funny to y'all. If that's not funny to y'all, then I know what to tell you. I've, listen, I Listen, I've done my fair share of crying over racist gestures, screaming at people about it. It's documented right on, on on the score and any other platform that I've worked on. ESPN, Radio, Big 10 Radio, Sirius XM Bleacher Report Radio. Right now I'm I'm out here depressing myself with all the jobs I didn't have, but I've done this everywhere I've gone. And for y'all to still think that I'm about to be out here crying about this shit, no, I'm gonna make fun of it. And 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 please, please for everybody out there. Everybody you have to understand something. <laughs> There is no, like, boo-hooing going on in the crib. I am next to a pit bull, a, sit- a shih tzu, and, and uh, you know, uh, a thing of ribs. That, that's, that's what I had in front of me for, for the game. So, for everybody out there, you know, going crazy over a tweet, God bless you. I, I'm going to keep churning out more. The only thing I will say about this new Amazon Prime uh, life that we're going to have to live on Thursday nights is I'm used to changing the channel. Okay like, like me having to tell my TV to go to Amazon Prime and not be able to change the channel for three hours—that's that's rough. That's a little because then now I gotta get out of the application and you know go to the other thing. It's always like I gotta sign some weird ass consent form because at the bottom it's like you are now leaving to enter a third party app. I always feel like my TV gonna get hacked or some bullshit like that. But no, it it was a cool broadcast. You got to see Ryan Fitzpatrick and and you know I almost said Roger Sherman, Richard Sherman out there. <laughs> Hanging. <laughs> shout out to the game show host but yeah man like it was cool i enjoyed it we watching big bezos sitting next to roger goodell trying to figure out who's richer than who and we all know who that is like i i, I enjoyed it I, I wasn't mad at it you know like we, we Listen, football is going to be served up to us in, in many a different way going forward. We've already been paying for all these subscriptions. We act like, you know, cable TV is free TV now, but it's not, obviously, for all the court cutters out there. And then the game, you know, the game was fine. The game was cool. It was a, it was a cool ending. Justin Herbert out there throwing Ricky-sized you know picks. Like, Justin was out there. Hey, I made sure that everybody made fun of Justin Fields throwing into a team meeting week one. Justin Herbert out here week two was like, hey, man, forget this. (laughs) Sizzle arm. (laughs) I trust my arm more than anybody else. (laughs) Screw you. He's throwing through Chiefs at the end of that game. Like, I enjoyed it, right? Like, you know, the Chargers and the Chiefs will be in the playoffs and we'll be watching, but hopefully watching both those quarterbacks perform. Andy Reid taking timeouts into halftime, pissing people off. Like, it's just – it is what it is, man. Like, the the broadcast was fine. I just have an issue with not being able to change the channel without – Launching myself out of the the Amazon Prime app, but other than that, you know, I got this I got another reason now to you know be a slave to Bezos. Like, you know, he he can get me he can get me raw king cones uh, you know, overnight. He, you know, he can get me grass for my dogs to pee on outside on the balcony. Got me a smoker last the other day. Got my kid the the, the first day of kindergarten sign with the with the the colored chalk. Like, I'm a hey Amazon understands. Like, shout out to all the people out there to work in those warehouses. I want conditions to improve for y'all, but I also love getting my shit 11 o'clock at night when I ordered it 7 p.m. Like, it's, it is what it is out here, you know? Y'all come here for these for these takes in this pod, no matter how I'm feeling, y'all don't give a shit how I feel. So, y'all, you know, every once in a while, you gotta press that button. And I like pressing that button. You know what I mean? It's probably not gonna sit well with everybody, but Jay, it is I'm, what it
4: is. I'm just, I'm just waiting for uh that uh, when you get your checks up, and just yeah. says Amazon I'm just <laughs> waiting for that I'm just waiting oh. for, them, for them to just go in, in b- Before the taxes or along with the taxes that come out oh, yeah, Where it just yeah. says Bezos Bezo- mm-hmm. <laughs> And I'm like I get it <laughs> You see the M-E-D-I,
1: you're like, all right, that's, that's Medicare, Medicaid, something like that. You see the FICA, I'm like, oh, okay, they fuck you. They ain't FICA, it's fuck you. And you see that. And then you, you go down, you know, shout out to some of my brothers out there who see that, you know, that CS. Shout out to y'all out there. You got to take care of these babies. You know what I mean? But and then you go down, you keep scrolling like, ah, oh, I pay my I pay my $8 a month out of my check for Amazon to watch football. You know, simple simple as that. But we're here now. This is the, These are the lives and times that we're living in. I remember I was the guy who was like, oh, no, no patches on NBA jerseys. What is this, Europe? Now I'm like, oh, man, we could do a lot better than that.
2: It's the full go
4: There's a lot that could impress you about the all new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com prologue to learn more.
0: This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com.
4: Socks talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. And
1: the socks are winners in a thriller.
4: Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original.
1: The time has come for us to talk to a person who I not only admire, I have worked next to uh, a dude who is, you want to talk about the American radio dream? All right. Don't fuck my story. All right. The dude who you really need to look at is a cat named Herb Lawrence and everybody in the city who's in the sports radio scene understands who this man is. But if you're not from the city of Chicago or the Chicagoland area or understand what what um, the, the soul of the number one rated sports station for a long time in this city was it was always the dudes not only in the background but also on the mic who could do both and i'm so glad that herb lawrence has gotten a chance over these last you know couple of decades not only to regale us with his herbisms but also bring a a sense of um a sense of comfort to the airwaves, wherever he's at. Now he's with CHGO Sports. He is always riffing about the White Sox on Twitter and obviously for CHGO, and now he's hanging out with us here on the Full Go Podcast. Herb, I truly, truly appreciate you, man, for jumping on with us. You know, a little late notice, obviously, but uh, when it comes to the White Sox, this is, this is the guy, ladies and gentlemen, who is he's, he's like three or four people in my uh, baseball fan life who... I am not ashamed to bow to the understanding when it comes to baseball. Like Chris Tannehill is one of them. My main man, Herb Lawrence, is another one. There's a couple other guys in this city and a couple other gals in this city who run around where I'm like, you know, hey, what you think about this? And I'm really like trying to pull their coat, trying to understand. Not only understand the game better, but I respect their opinion. And Herbie is one of those dudes. Herb, appreciate you, man, for jumping on appreciate you
3: having me on Jason It's really honored to be on the full go I know we tried to get on a couple times but you know we got uh, different schedules and such but I uh, yeah. appreciate you having me on though
1: no nah, no no doubt man so let's let's jump right into it um you're a long time white Sox fan you mm-hmm. you uh, live and die with this team and throughout this year on Twitter it's been interesting to to follow you uh kind of detail what's been going wrong game in and game out. And also what goes right. Right. Like there, there is this I, I think one White Sox fans and also some of the White Sox organization thinks that there are certain people who are just built in to hate on the team or built in to be upset about the team. <clears throat> and then there's the faction who understands that, hey, man, things haven't been great. And when they get great. We're the first ones out here cheering our asses off for making sure that people understand that this is the gospel that you need to be attending to. Um, the build up to where we got as Sox fans. I remember 2017, 2018, 2019, every single night, or every single Sunday, I should say, going on that Fox show with Luke Nellis and Shea Pepler and Sierra Santos, whoever I was hosting with, like, hey, 2020, that's y'all ass. Like, you you get it, get it out the way now because mm-hmm. 2020, the White Sox is getting ready to ride on you. And then the White Sox messed around and hired Tony La Russa. Yep. And every White Sox fan that I knew was like, are they good enough to survive whatever the hell is about to come? Now, some of us thought it was just going to be the distance between Tony La Russa and that clubhouse in terms of, let's face it, things he had said before. Right. Mm-hmm. Things he was coming off of just saying things, things that, you know, you knew this team represented character wise and what you knew Tony LaRusso Russa represented. Um, this seems to me such an easy mistake not to make. And now to look back on it, especially as we get to the end of this year, uh, as we sit here recording Sox are three games back. They, they, they beat the hell out of the Cleveland Indians, Cleveland Guardians, my bad. Put that in the, the swear jar, Cleveland Guardians. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we get here to where we feel like we feel as Sox fans right now? Because I think nationally some people understand it. Ken Rosenthal ethered the shit out of the entire organization while talking personally to Tony La Russa. But how do you think we got here? And how do you, how do you feel about where you are right now as a White Sox fan?
3: Well, all White Sox fans, when they did hire Tony La Russa back in October of 2020, were like, this is garbage. Rick Hahn had to introduce the man. And you knew during the press conference that Rick Hahn hated the hiring because when they sent out the press release for Twitter, it has Tony La Russa's face, but it has A.J. Hinch's signature. And so (laughs) that's who Rick Hahn wanted. That's the guy who was up in Detroit right now struggling with them but they fired Ricky Renteria because he wasn't analytically based, AJ Hinch for all the stuff he did in Houston, you know, cheating and such. He mm-hmm. was more analytically based and he thought Rickon did that a manager like AJ Hinch would take the White Sox from the playoffs like they were in 2020 to the next level, which Tony did. They won the AL Central in 2021, but we saw problems. What the White Sox did last year was overhit or over pitch where the mistakes were for Tony Larusa, mm. and so people say, oh, "Oh man, the results are good." So Tony was managing this team, so we're good. And I see that time and time again. I'm a big time process over results guy. People always forget about anything bad as long as the victory's out there. And to speak about that with Tony Larusa, and I people don't like when I say this, but it's true. The man has had two DUIs in his lifetime. One recently when he got hired that year in 2020, which the White Sox hid from the people until it got found out in December. But I think that is what Tony Russo does. He's a process. He's a result of a process guy where as long as I get home, I don't care if I'm drunk. The car is safe. I'm safe. The result was good. And I always think of that that when he does that multiple times, he thinks that, any good result is justifying Working. the yeah. drunk. Yeah. And that's what he does with these moves where he's intentionally walking Trey Turner with one two count to get to the next hitter. And then Max Muncy hits a ball for a three run home run. The mm-hmm. mistakes he makes are of I'm three time World Series champion, Hall of Fame baseball person, Tony Rusa, You can't tell me a goddamn thing. He has more power than Rick Hahn. You don't think between this year and all the stuff that happened with the White Sox, the clubhouse being a disarray, the losing, the underachieving that a regular manager would have been fired. But Rick Hahn doesn't have that power. And so this is the mistake that Jerry Reinsdorf made. He got lucky and the White Sox got lucky. Well, it's, it's hard to say lucky. Right. The man well, went out. Man got he has sick. a pacemaker. He got mm-hmm. sick. And so they have a different blood in there. And Miguel Cairo is letting the players do their thing, letting the players be relaxed. And I like to go back to an old Jason Goff saying: <laughs> "The White Sox through the first half of the season just too cool. Too damn sometimes, cool, as Jason would say, you gotta hang your cool up. You gotta take your fucking cool off, man. Take it off. Take Put it, it, on it on the hanger. Go ahead, just play. Yoan Moncada, Tim Anderson." all these guys. And so it's way too much. Ah, man, I'm this, that. I had a a hit single with a bachata song back in the day. (laughs) I'm this, that, and the other. I made the AL all-star. I'm the starting shortstop. Nah, Cleveland's out here looking for you and you ain't coming to show up. Mm -hmm. Minnesota's out here looking for you because they know that you're supposed to be the prohibitive favorite in the AL Central. supposed to be a AL competitor for the whole title. With mm-hmm. the Yankees and the Astros. Mm-hmm. They were too cool for it. They were like, ah, oh, we got plenty of time. Oh, yeah, we're losing these games in April. We're smooth, man. Yeah. Oh, Ah, oh, Come on now. It's Cleveland and Minnesota. Now we're in September. Now the White Sox won on Thursday versus the Cleveland Guardians to make it closer, three games. But you shouldn't be in this position at all. The White Sox have failed so far this year. Even if they win the AL Central, it'll be a disappointing season because they were supposed to win this by 10-plus games. None of these teams are in the White Sox class when it comes to talent, when it comes to money spent on the team. Their seventh highest payroll. Cleveland and Minnesota are bottom dwellers there. And so, yeah, the White Sox have failed on many levels. Tony Larusso is a small part of that, but a, big, but a part of that. And so the fact that he's not in the clubhouse or the dugout right now it's a good thing, and they're winning. I say, if it ain't broke, don't fix
1: it. No doubt about it. So how do you, speaking of the fix, um, you know, if Miguel Cairo wraps up this year mm-hmm. and, say, the White Sox missed the playoffs by a game, something like that, right now I believe they're, what, 21%, somewhere around there, probability yep. to make it uh, with the Guardians being a 77, right? So it's, it's you know, it's doubtful to say the least. Um, and now you, you got to mess around. And when you see them on Tuesday, take those three games just to take the season series. So you're not messing around with that tiebreaker. Yep. Say the White Sox don't make the playoffs. Miguel Cairo goes on to be your manager or you go out and get yourself another manager. Say Tony La Russa is no longer a part of this thing. Okay. What are the. On the field, in the clubhouse, in the dugout, fixes that you would prescribe for this team, right? Are we talking still having these right field conversations, even though we've seen a, a hodgepodge of guys who you need to hit and actually throw out there without a glove? Sometimes <laughs> uh, the leadoff position, Elvis Andrews, is giving them a, a you know shot in the arm. You know, I, I feel like he's every day Johnny C. Like when Johnny Cueto showed up, shit got different. Because you had an yep. outsider's viewpoint and he spoke up about it. Elvis Andrews has done the same thing in an everyday lineup. What do you think some of these fixes that even if they do make the playoffs, Rick Hahn, assuming he gets the power back that he wants or has had in the past, w- what are some of these fixes that need to be instituted immediately?
3: Well, if I had my brothers, Rick Hahn would be out of here. He would be fired because okay. not making the playoffs with this team in this division, inexcusable. But say... As Jerry Ryan is one to five.
1: <laughs> exactly.
3: Bring Rick Hahn, bring Katie Williams back. You have to trade Aloy Jimenez. Now, Aloy Jimenez is hitting in the second half. He's one of the best hitters in the second half because he's finally healthy, but that's the catch. You can't depend and go into next year with Aloy Jimenez as your left fielder slash DH. And there's a problem. There's a glut out there. You have the Andrew Vaughns who can play designated hitter or first base. Jose Abreu is a free agent. The White Sox will see if Jose Abreu wants to return. If he wants to return, he will return. So you have a problem with Jose's going to play first. Andrew Vaughn has the DH. So does Eloy and maybe Gavin Sheets. One of those guys has to leave. You can probably get the most out of Aloy Jimenez. He has a cost-controlled con- uh, mm-hmm. contract where he signed like a five-year, $45 million contract before he even stepped in to a major league uh, uh, batter's box. And so he has, his deal is really friendly. But he has the best ability, and he's not available any of these four years that he's played in the major league. He's been injured all seasons of his career. So, yes, he's great. And I have it akin to what Carlos Lee was. <laughs> great stats, terrible defense. He should be a DH. The White Sox are putting him at DH right now. You have way too many DH first baseman types on the team. So let's go and get some different players. So I think you can get something that changes this team up from Aloy Jimenez on a trade block. So a left fielder, a middle infielder. They still haven't really solved the second base problem because when Tim Anderson comes back, they're going to put 36-year-old Elvis Andres there who's never played second base. I know people think that's easy, but that's two different ways. You're you're using a different feat and you're throwing – from a different angle. So it might be difficult for him. He's playing well, but next year I don't want a 37 year old Elvis Andres playing for the White Sox. He's playing on his mind right now. That is not a thing that you want to rely on. So they have to get this team to be different as the old five team was Carlos Lee went on to be a three-time all-star and it's going to have some pain because Aloy Jimenez will hit home runs and he will look great eventually when you trade him. but you got to get some talent back to the White Sox because they're too much of the same player Mm -hmm. and this year they haven't hit home runs the leader of the team I think is Jose Abreu and Andrew Vaughn with 15 each that's piss poor so they have to change up how they score runs if they're not going to hit home runs get some more people who can get on base like the Cleveland Guardians they just hit the ball never strike out play the game right pick up the ball when it's hit to them throw it to first They just play fundamentally right, and that's why they're three games above the White Sox. You have to think about the Cleveland Guardians, Detroit Tigers, and the Minnesota Twins looking forward, even those Kansas City Royals, and try to be more sound, fundamentally sound to beat those guys, and then talk about the Astros and Yankees after that, because this team, as currently constituted, is not a World Series champion because they have way too many of the same players, and they don't adapt, and this organization is too insular. Sorry to say that when they're gonna be the same until Jerry Reinsorf decides to sell this team or he passes away. And I'm not rooting for his death. Right. I just want this team to be different. They have it right on the platter. Like you said, 2020 is like, y'all better gather your wins because we're yeah. coming for that ass. Yeah. And we were right here, and then Rick Hahn's like all bullpen. And Larry <laughs> Garcia's coming his ass back. Oh yeah, Josh Harrison, come on through. It's like yeah. all these people on yeah. the board, and we're going to get these second rate people. Yeah. Nah. He's yeah. got to go.
1: Yeah, Luis Robert, Yohan Moncada, Yasmani Grandal. Uh, which one have you been more disappointed or most disappointed by this season?
3: I think I've been most disappointed disappointed with Yasmani Grandal. He continues to not be a good catcher. He can frame the hell out of ball, but there's time and time again that he can't catch the ball. And so I tweet, all I want is a catcher that can catch, just catch the ball. And then last year, he hit 23 home runs, I think 60 driven in after a injury plague season. He was one of the best catchers, if not the best offense catcher in the league. I know Salvi hit 50 home runs, but Yasmani Grandal offensively was a better player because he got on base of 42% clip and hit 23 home runs. This year, that guy has not shown up. He's had a knee injury, which the White Sox wanted him to play through at the beginning of the year. You saw that he wasn't good at all and he's just starting to hit a little bit and look like the Yasmani Grandal of old but it might be too little too late and he's struggled big time as Yasmani Grandal is the highest free agent signing in White Sox history which is ridiculous cuz i think it was only 84 million they haven't signed a 100 million dollar player as yet and i think them and the pirates and <laughs> a couple other teams are have that distinction but Yasmani Grandal was big time for this team to go forward, him and Yohan Mankata. Mm -hmm. But Yohan has at least done it with the glove. Yasmani has been a sieve, both with the the glove behind the plate. First base when he goes up there, designated hitter. He is terrible with the bat this year.
1: So taking a look at this thing, uh, and ever since my man Tony pointed it out earlier in the year, it's been in my head, you know, Josh Donaldson making the comments about Lucas Giolito and Lucas Giolito, uh, this season looking a lot more pedestrian than mm-hmm. I thought he would look. Um, and then you've got the Michael Kopech situation where, you know, you, 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 you see it. You see us all there. You just you want to see more than five innings of it and you want to see 30, 30 starts of it. You know, you, you want to see him flesh out his full potential going forward. Wh- which one do you think is the easier thing? Or which one do you think is the more likely thing to happen? Lucas Giolito returning to that Cy Young uh, form, that, that, that Cy Young you know, top five voting form, or Michael Kopech becoming the starter that we all envision he can become, not just only because of his stuff, but answering the bell 30, 32 times in a season?
3: The answer is going to surprise you. I think it's going to be Lucas Giolito. The reason I think, the one of the main reasons I think Lucas is struggling is because he didn't get to work with Ethan Katz this offseason, the White Sox pitching coach. Right. Lucas Giolito's longtime uh, friend of his high school pitching coach back in the day with him, himself, uh, Jack Flaherty, and I think Max Fried at the same high school. So during the lockout, they didn't get to speak to any personnel. So he just had to go through whatever his offseason training was by himself. He gained 20 pounds to think that he can – Withstand the rigors of a 162 season game season. Then at the beginning of the year, he got hurt after the opening day start. He got COVID, and he hasn't been the same ever since. I think an off season where he can either develop his change up a little bit more, which has been getting hit hard. His slider's been flat this year. It's not the pitch that it used to be, and his four fastball is down miles per hour. Some can say that could be because of the sticky stuff. His uh, spin is up in that area that it used to be but he's getting crushed he's used to be mid 90s now he's low 90s so people are just adjusting to it when your mid 90s fastball is closer to your changeup which is now 82 miles per hour it's a little bit different if you have that 95 96 high fastball which he used to pair with a high changeup but an off season where he gets to work and maybe develop a different pitch he has a uh, curveball that he used before that he's kind of shelved and he's trying to improve it, but he hasn't used it a lot in game action. I think, and people have spoke to this since he doesn't throw hard now with his 93, he should introduce either a cutter or a two seamer to that four seam fastball, which would get hitters off of his four seam fastball a little bit more because they're right now just sitting back and waiting for him to pitch the four seamer. If he can't get the change up, or the slider over, or they're waiting for the changeup to just float over the middle of the plate and crush that. Michael Kopek, he hasn't learned how to pitch as yet. You see glimpses. He's a hard thrower. And he struggles when he doesn't get that maximum velocity where he's not up there 96, 97. His stuff is great. It's not, you know, Dylan Cease great, but it is pretty great. He hasn't learned like, hey, I need to get to the seventh inning. How can I do this? I'm trying to strike out every batter in the first inning, and that's his bugaboom for the most part. He's been having 25 to 28 uh, pitch first innings, and so he's behind the eight ball initially. Usually he gets out with no run scored, but then he's five and dive or he's six and out, and that's not a major league pitcher. That's not a top of the rotation pitcher that Michael Kopech is going to be. Now, this is his first full year of starting and the White Sox are monitoring his innings because he did come back from a Tommy John a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And like I said, this is first full year starting. Michael Kopech will progress. The next thing he has to know is sit, sit by Johnny Cueto, sit by Lance Lynn. They don't have premium stuff. They don't have mind-blowingly great stuff, but you know what they do? They get into the eighth inning. They say, okay, you want to hit the ball. I'm going to pitch you my pitch where I want to pitch the ball. I'm going to have the command and control where the ball needs to go. So you're going to have some soft contact. You're going to hit it right to my shortstop. You're going to pop that ball up in the infield. Michael Kopech doesn't have that mindset yet. He wants to blow everybody by and he wants to be a thrower instead of a pitcher. He'll develop that pitching, but it needs to happen sooner rather than later. But I think that Lucas Chialito with an offseason will return to a top five side young form with uh, Ethan Katz by his side because you see what he's done with Dylan Cease. You think the Sox make the playoffs? I do not think the White Sox make the playoffs. It's a lot of things that have to happen that look impossible. Not impossible, but just really hard. The Minnesota mm-hmm. Twins have to be not the weird-ass Minnesota Twins. They got to do something. <laughs> Last week, they had a chance. They're in this, this Division 2 They're battling versus Cleveland Guardians. Home game, three games versus Cleveland Guardians. They wet the bed. They lose all three of those games. Yep. And then they have a five-game set this weekend versus the Cleveland Guardians in Cleveland where Cleveland's already used some of their bullpen as the White Sox did trash them on Thursday, 8-2. to And so the advantage is the Minnesota Twins. The pressure's all on the Cleveland Guardians because they got beat. They know the White Sox are facing the Detroit Tigers, who they've beaten 10 out of the 13 times this year. So they know the White Sox are going to at least get two games this weekend in Detroit. They need to keep pace. And if they lose three out of five, they're going to be in real trouble when they return to uh, Comiskey on Tuesday to start a three-game set with the White Sox. So it's very hard for the White Sox to win the three or two or three in Detroit and then depend on Minnesota to take care of some business. And then going down the stretch, at the end of the year, while the White Sox play their, six, their last nine games they play versus Minnesota on the road, San Diego on the road, and then come back to play the Minnesota Twins, the Cleveland Guardians at the same time have to play the – Tampa Bay uh, Rays on the road and then six straight versus the Kansas City Royals (laughs) at the crib, six straight, (laughs) like Kansas City is way out of it. They have young players. Maybe they're hungry. Maybe they're uh, invested in doing some uh, spoiling. Mm -hmm. But like the White Sox have to win the rest of the games versus the Guardians, the three next week to take the season series to get the tiebreaker over the Cleveland Guardians. If the Guardians win one of those games, it's going to be really hard for the White Sox to even get close to them. Because the records are so similar. The Cleveland Guardians don't beat themselves in the White Sox. We've seen time and time again. Hell, Wednesday, when they lost the Rockies, the lowly Rockies, and they split the series with them. They got swept the by the Diamondbacks, things like that. The White Sox have a bunch of those. You don't see a lot of those with the Cleveland Guardians, and that's why they're currently in first place for the AL Central. And I wish I'm wrong. I wish the White Sox go on. I think they have 18 games left. I wish they... Just win 16 out of the 18. But, you know, that team hasn't showed up yet. They've won six in a row as their highest winning streak this year. And I don't see them playing their best baseball, even though they are hitting the ball a lot better than they did early in the first half of the season.
1: Yeah, man. This uh, this season has been a drag, man. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's been tough, you know, because – I was in. I was in. I was in my shit talking formation. Right hmm. then, no audibles called. I was ready to ready to hike the ball and get it on. And and this season has definitely uh, has worn on me. Uh, you know, I've said it multiple times how this has been one of the most disappointing seasons as a fan that I can remember. And I'm talking about across the board, whether it be the Hawks, the Bulls, the Bears, the Cubs, whatever it may be. And obviously, the White Sox has been one of those. Um, How's CHGO treating you, man? How are things over there? CHGO is great. And the
3: thing you were just talking about, how tough this season is, it's tough for us because we're fans and such. And so we got to watch every game that we're there. We do five days a week of podcasting for the White Sox. So it was my dream. I actually, like, thought of this. And it's weird. People always say, and my mom used to say this, like, you can manifest things and never say that you're broke because you're manifesting that stuff to your life. Whatever you you say out loud, the universe hears and it brings it back. Mm-hmm. I was always thinking like the score should do a thing where they have five different you know, tentacles of the score. And if so, somebody ever wants to listen, hey, I wanna listen to some White Sox stuff today. I wanna listen to little bears. And they have that little hour of content and mm-hmm. somebody, and it was Brandon Spano of DNVR, which is a our parent company. They started a couple of years ago where they're talking local about the Denver teams and they started in Phoenix. And now this year they started with us at CHGO. It's been great. They've had support for us. They have stood by us. They've given us everything that we've needed. And this year has been tough on us. And I've told fans, I was like, this is not worth your mental health. You know, I know white Sox fans and other fans go and think about, man this team should be this much better and I'm pissed every day after the game I told him was like do not watch the White Sox get we'll your summer here. back <laughs> we'll be here yeah just don't watch if you want to check in time from time we'll be here you know, we gotta watch this garbage so this team isn't worth people's mental health and I feel that at our CHEO White Sox post game with me Vinny Duber and Sean Anderson It's cathartic for us. It's cathartic for the people who are listening because we talk through. We talk through what the White Sox are doing, and we've been disappointed this whole year. Vinny's in his role of beat writer, so he's not necessarily a fan. He's not necessarily giving takes like Sean and I, and he's not angry at the White Sox at all. But it's very fun to talk to those guys. And then after the thing, after the show is over, I feel a little bit better about the White Sox, and I feel a little bit better about my life going forward because I know that you know even the White Sox suck. I get to do this. I get yes, to talk sir. to people every day. And I know you love talking to people on the ringer. And it's good to just have a good conversation with people about sports. Like yeah. I think about it all the time. It's like my life is silly. Dude. I get to talk about sports for a living and get mad about it. <laughs> like, right.
4: like, Wait sucks are mad.
3: Right. Like, real things are going on, people are dying, right? You know, we're having a you know, ex- we existential crisis. We got, yeah, right. exactly. We're getting uh, insurrectionists everywhere, and then <laughs> I get to talk about a team and get mad because Lucas G. Alito didn't pitch well today, or Luis Robert is swinging with one goddamn hand. I was pissed about that. I'm so pissed about that. These, I know, I saw the on tweets, I'm like, the, the these like he's clearly hurt and they're like mm, he can go out there yeah let him,
1: let, let him swing away <laughs> it's, it, it's
3: just this team the organization is a terrible organization and i chose portly i've always said <laughs> if i ever got a time machine you know people like Hey, I'll get the sports almanac. I'll go back and do the whole thing about Biff and Black Back back the Future. future. No, I'm going back to 1990 and I'm finding that 12-year-old who made me a Lion-Eye and a White Sox fan. And I'm beating the shit out of him. I'm beating his ass. Like, you kidding
1: me? All these teams out here, the White Sox.
3: A lifetime of pain. I got one championship. Was it worth it? No. (sighs) In the line I they're finally back in basketball. They've never been back in football.
1: The kid's an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? I love that kid. And I love that kid because he turned out to be a a man that I've come to know and love. Hey, Herbie, listen, man. I um I appreciate you. I people already know in this city how much i respect you you know how much i respect you we 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 share the same birthday week damn near you feel me so every time your birthday rolls around i know it's coming because mine is here Mm -hmm. um you're 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 a decent dude i've always fucked with you on a a granular level like it's from day one from day one um you've shown me things in this business that you have no idea that you have shown me in terms of discernment uh, in terms of putting my ego to the side, like I, I always say that your teachers sometimes are either younger than you or your peers. You just gotta listen, and mm-hmm. you are definitely one of those cats, man. So I, I always root for not only your success but your happiness and health, whether it be your professional life, your personal life. I see things is going great, um, and it's just you know, one of the things that I, one of the things that I miss the most about. Working at the score, people used to always be like, oh, man, it sucks. You know, whatever happened with you at the score da, da, I haven't listened. I tell them all the time, hey, man, you, <laughs> you don't have to do that for me because the people that I rock with and the people that I loved at that station that I was brought to because of that station, I still rock with and I still love. Right. No matter what platform we are, we have a bond and uh, you're one of those cats, man. So I appreciate your time and I just appreciate you as an individual. And I appreciate you getting that Sox fan angst off in a way that uh, sometimes I can't uh, I, I can't illuminate. And you do it in such a such a herb like way, which I appreciate, man. So thank you, brother. I, I from genuinely, I, I appreciate you. I haven't been able to tell you this, uh, but but I do. I do appreciate you, man. And I appreciate your, your friendship.
3: I appreciate the kind words. Thank you, Jason. I feel the same about you. I mean, every time I see you winning, I mean, every single day you're (laughs) winning out here, you got the ringer right here. I mean, who does a better post game than Jason Goff, Kendall yeah, Gill, man. Come on, and Will yeah, Perdue? I mean, nobody. I mean, I on. mean, I tune in. I'm not a Bulls fan. I'm a Bulls fan because of Io Dasumu, because, you know, <laughs> Let's go. You know, Courtney's, my fiance's been a, a Bulls fan for, I've been Shut watching to when Tony Gill was called Tone and Brother. Brother, Tone. <laughs> Uh, also, Tony Gill, part of our uh, November birthday
1: week. Uh, you already know. You already know. We, we got so, like we got like a quarter, or half of the, the the black population in score history right here on this podcast. Exactly. All we gotta do now is get Jay Hood, Tommy Williams, Dan Jiggins, and and, and Lawrence Holmes. I'm be I'm be I'm gonna get I'm yeah. Shout out to Ethan Shaw. Now we're getting real. Henry Henderson. Like we get we getting in the weeds, deep. here. Yeah, we yeah. getting in the weeds. <laughs> yeah.
3: So yeah, you know, we I thought I always look at you and I'm like. Man, that man is winning, and I, I root oh, for you man. because you've been dealt a bad hand. And that I've never had the bad hand that was dealt to you. And how you handled it shows me exactly the person you are, tells me exactly how you strive, and it probably was tough for you. And you've gone through that, and you was like, hey, I'm going to keep on winning. <laughs> it's cool. Y'all do you. Man, I appreciate it. But what you did for me, you lit the fire. And 100%. I can see you, your fire going up and you keep on winning. And yeah, I'll be tuning into the ringer. I listen to you guys uh, occasionally because you know, I, you know, do my own do thing, your thing. But, then, yeah, for sure. but the I Bulls, know. man, I list, I watch that every single night and it's entertaining. You, and I love the fact that you guys, even though it's an entity owned by Jerry Reinsdorf, they give you free reign to say what the fuck you need to say. <laughs> it's great. Y'all do not hold back and it's. It's so refreshing to hear that from a Jerry Reinsdorf entity. And I know, you know, Chuck and Nazi say their things, but this is a best post game show that I've seen in the city. Bar none. It's great. Thank, Thank you, man. Jason, for having me. And I appreciate the kind words. You know, I feel about you. It's all yeah. good seeing your success in your personal life and professional life too. my man.
1: Damn it, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody in their life need a Herb Lawrence. Everybody needs somebody to go get ten cent wings and and, uh, and, and, and play at two at the rail and play two K until your thumbs fall off and then go back out and get PBRs and and watch Matt Peoples almost break the arm of a security guard who got in <laughs> gotten our way. Like these are the things in life that oh, you need. God. And they don't come unless you got a Herb Lawrence in your life. Herbie, tell the people where they can find you at, my man
3: chgo white Sox on youtube and on our podcast we're on mm-hmm. every podcast platform so we do five days a week usually we do a sunday show so you can be ready for you on monday etc etc and so we do sunday through thursday live shows on youtube and then the next day those shows will be ready for you on podcast so just find me there if you want to go to my twitter feed yeah, don't go there too tough because i talk <laughs> about different things in sports you won't be offended actor <laughs> wall 23 it's Lawrence spelled
1: backwards. Two, three is for Rob Ventura. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, the great, the great Herb Lawrence joining us here on the Full Goal Podcast.
4: The Full Goal with Jason Golf. Jason Jason
1: all right. That's all the time we have for episode 151 of the Full Goal Podcast. I want to thank our fantastic guest from CHGO Sports. You can check him out five days a week recording that podcast at CHGO He does all the socks talking, him and Vinny and Sean Anderson over there. My main man, Herb Lawrence, make sure you follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. Uh, He's one of the good dudes, one of the better dudes in this city, and uh, I appreciate his time, so it's always good to catch up with her. want to thank our production staff, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti, the inactive Jesse Lopez. Jesse is on vacation. I hope Jesse is enjoying himself, whatever the hell he is out here doing in these West Coast streets. Last time I talked to him about vacation, he was running around in Vegas, so we hope Jesse is having a whole bunch of fun wherever he's at. And of course, my main man, Tony Gill. Uh, For the fellas, I am Jason Goff. Thank you you so much for downloading this thing for subscribing to it please hit that subscribe button we truly appreciate you and rating and reviewing it too you you guys out here saying nice things about the pod because you love the pod and we appreciate you loving the pod so thank you for sharing it with your family and friends whatever you do for this podcast we truly truly appreciate it and as always man we leave you with this take care of each other and be safe
2: So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the hotels.com app today.
4: This episode is brought to you by state farm.
3: You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor state farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most,